Hey, you guys, I have a book out. It is called Do More, Be More, Lessons for Living Life Uplifted. And I'm very excited about it. My word for this year was Meraki, which means to leave a little piece of yourself in your creative work. And I really have poured my heart and soul into this book. I am hoping that it will inspire you to want to do more and be more and live the best version of your life. So again, do more, be more. Lessons for Living Life Uplifted. It's available on Amazon. Check it out. Hello, Rhonda. Hi, Tammy. Welcome to Tammy for a Change. Woohoo! I love it. <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you. I um, do not know you. However, you are um, an, a friend of Tam Bayou, and I had a phenomenal interview with her. So I think this is going to be great. Well, I appreciate you asking me to join you here because it's uh, something that I've wanted to do for a long time, and uh, this uh, is good. So thank you. Perfect. And the other reason I wanted to talk to you, I want you to tell the listeners and myself a little bit about yourself since we don't personally know each other, but I was so intrigued by your Facebook profile, teacher of artistry of love healer of broken hearts, writer of the truth. I love that. Can you can you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself? I can. Actually, it's making me smile because through the years, you know, I've changed a lot of what I've said on my profiles and different things like that. But when you read that back to me, it's like, that's that truth. That's what I am and who I am. And uh, it's nice to be able to claim that. So I'm a mother of two, grandmother of five, living in South Portland, Maine, Maine and have a uh, business where I do a lot of energy healing, spiritual teaching. And I also have a registered uh, counselor part of that. And basically what I love doing is helping women especially women. I work with men also, but mostly women to heal their sexual trauma. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it's deep work. It's very intimate work. And most of it has to do with talking and face-to-face, which can be done over phone, Zoom, that sort of thing. But I do have an office in Westbrook, Maine. And the energy healing part of it is based on years of studying with shamanic healers and practitioners and Reiki. I'm a Reiki master and been to the mystery schools and studied a lot of those different types of energy layers and what's happening beyond just the physical form of the body. Very fascinating and uh, in-depth. And the other part that really I love to do is the emotional part. Uh, Understanding deep emotion and how scary that is for a lot of people, helping them to understand that once, you know, very slowly walking into that fear and just taking little pieces and parts at a time that bring around, uh, sort of like, I try to explain it like, you know, we live a life that's like a big puzzle. We don't know where all these pieces come from, but at some point, something happens and it clicks and it's like, oh, okay, there's another piece of the part of the puzzle of my life and that fits right there. And okay, so now we can uh, move on to the next piece and what is it that's coming up for that person? So individual and fascinating and, you know, there's no finite formula to make it all work. It just magically works. Uh, for each individual person when they can allow themselves to get into that space. Fascinating. So would you say then, how did you get into this? I guess is my first question. How did you start developing these? Great great question. And uh, started because when I was younger, uh, three years old, my, my mother 
tried to kill my father. And oh my. yeah, and so her plan, and she she's still alive, and we've done the do on working through all of these things. Um, she her plan was to kill him, and then my older sister and I, and I was three years old at the time, my sister was four. Well, obviously he he caught her and um, she ended up going into a mental institution at the time. And then he moved my sister and I in with his parents and that's where we lived. As I grew and got to know her more and got older, I was allowed to go visit her. And soon enough, I was spending vacations and summer vacations and things like that with her. But she was an alcoholic and a drug addict and um, there, there was a lot going on. And so when I was, I probably was like 15 or 16, 15, 16 years old. And I said to my step, she had remarried right after uh, we all split up. But I had said to my stepfather one time, I, I, this is fascinating. I mean, it, it's fascinating for me to even tell this story because there are so many different layers and things that happened through the years. But I remember. I can only that, imagine there yeah, would be. Right. I remember at that age, knowing that I wanted to be a psychologist, a psychiatrist, something, because at that stage, I wanted to fix my mother. I thought I could fix her, of course. Sure. Right. So that obviously I've <laughs> given up. You know, you can't fix anybody else. You can only work on your own stuff. Yes. So then. Fast forward another 15 years, I'm married, two children, and in my early 30s, knowing that things are not going well, I was being treated very unkindly. He and I have uh, come to healing around all of the things that happened to us. So I'm not saying that in a negative tone, but just, you know, laying the facts out there. Sure. And um, so at that point in time, I had my own cracks in my psyche and ended up in the mental health institute for five days. It was a 21 day program and I was in there for five days and wanted to go home. My, my daughters were wanting their mother home and I wanted to go home and I wanted to give that marriage a try and we lined up counseling and all of that. Well, on my exit interview with the psychologist there, uh, like I said, I was like 31, 32 at the time. He said to me, you go back home, you go to college, get your degree. And because of the way you interacted with all of the other people that were here, I would love for you to come back and work on our team. Because what, wow. happened, you know, what happened was like, there was a 16 year old there. Uh, she and I were just sitting and I was just one of those warm and comfy people that I accept you where you're at. And, and I hear you. And she started telling me things that she hadn't even talked to her counselor or psychologist about. And so, of course, that I encouraged her to tell them. And when she did, then that opened that whole door for her that week. And she was there for a lot longer. But that was the base of why that psychiatrist said that to me. So inherently, I had something in me. And I knew that. And I went home. The marriage did not work. I had great counselors at the time. And I say plural because I was encouraged to go do energy work, something called deep emotional cleansing. And what we did was got in a padded room and we could kick and scream and yell and do whatever we needed to do and express all of that pain and anger and frustration and anything that came up. Um, sexual abuse came up for me, different, different things that I had blocked out and buried deep down into my psyche. And uh, so through the years, that brought strength to me. Every time I chunked out a piece of something of my own puzzle of my life, it, it grew strength within me. At some point along the way, I don't even remember how this happened. There was a Reiki master that was doing a class and it was near my area. So I went, I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. It's, I mean, I, I'm, pretty sure most of your audience understands that when you get that sort of psychic hit to go do something, you follow it. And, uh, and it just led, you know, once I got into learning about energy and the energy of the body with, with the Reiki classes, I went in to get my Karuna Reiki master 
teacher certification. And then that opened a door like a year and a half, two years later, a shamanic practitioner ended up like 20 minutes away from where I lived. And she was Mm -hmm. offering classes. And then I went through that certification and then studied Sandra Ingerman's work and some of the others that are out there. And then within two years after that, a friend of mine said, actually uh, Tam's father, Ray, Bayou, said to me, he's the health medium. uh, He said to me, Rhonda, you have to go check out this mystery school. And I and I thought to myself, what the heck are you talking about? Mystery school. <laughs> it was pretty foreign idea, even though I had the understanding of energy. And with shamanism, of course, you're, you're journeying and you're going into yourself. And I learned how to do soul retrievals and past life regressions and all of that. That world was just so me. It, it, it's my language. It's how I move. It's how I work. And so it just opened up. And when I started taking the classes with the mystery school, learned about the Kabbalah and the tree of life. And I learned how to be um, uh, a priestess and a certified guide. And it, it just grew. And then years back when I was doing the emotional cleansing and the padded room work, the state of Maine offered a program where if you did that certification, they would offer you a, a registration, a counseling registration, because you, you know, you learned how to sit with people and hold sacred space in that amount of energy that had to be dispersed and how to deal with that without taking it all in, which is also a great segue into saying how when you learn about the energy of the body and then know how to protect yourself. You're not walking around with everyone else's stuff sort of stuck on you either. Sure. Fascinating journey. Um, And I ended up divorcing my second husband after first marriage was 17 years, second marriage, 19 years. And that to me, he was kind and loving and everything most women would want, and uh, yet I walked away. So it was a pivotal point in my life where I sat down on the edge of the bed one day and I said to him, I have to leave with tears obviously pouring down my face. And I thought about it for years. There was no reason to leave, but I knew I had to leave. There was something in me that had to go. So I did, and that was four and a half years ago. It's been one big learning curve. And what I'm finding with clients, that it's, it's amazing how the client work works. When you're working on a certain thing, like marriage, it's like everybody shows up with marital issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. And so, and so it's great because... I always learn from them. They learn from me. You know, it's that guidance that, you know, the souls, we're all connected. Well, right. And I think that anytime you're helping anyone, it's helping yourself. Exactly. And so why, why do I get to talk with you today, you know, to be on this podcast to say, because somewhere in the soul world, we decided that we would do this. And today was the day. So here we are. Which uh, makes me want I just want to circle back to when you were 15 or 16 and said to your stepfather I want to be a psychiatrist or a psychologist and you made that declaration and then that's where you landed I mean to me it just seems like you declared your purpose and then doors just flew open for you and I think that happens so much I agree I did not go on to do the master's with the psychology part or the um, doctorate for the psychology part. Most but it seems of, like you're doing, doing the work that you really had in mind anyway. Exactly. At the time you declared it, right? Exactly. And that's the point. However, I want people to hear that because it became a struggle within my own self. Oh, I didn't accomplish what I said I wanted to do. I mean, oh, I'm sure, sure. Right? So yeah, I that's, that's very important. Yes, everyone should hear that. Hey, yeah. I didn't 
I didn't do what I expected to do. So I struggled with it, but I ended up doing what I was meant to do. Right. Now I'm 60. When I was 40 and finishing my bachelor's, there was a lady that was 72 finishing her bachelor's. So who knows? Incredible. I could be getting my (laughs) master's by the time I'm 70 also. Uh, (laughs) That's awesome. But I am doing the work. And, and the work is valid and it's important. Yes. So I have to, one of the questions I ask everyone is about lifting others. And I just want to, with, with the work you're doing, there has to be so much weight attached to that. And it, I mean, you're really, you're kind of dedicating your whole life to lifting others, so to speak, mm-hmm. as you help them work through these puzzle pieces of their life you're kind of dedicating your whole career and life to lifting others on a daily basis. Correct. Correct. That's incredible. And, and it sounds like your gift is to, to listen. Wow. That's, that's it. I I really think the, the art of listening has become a lost art. I agree with that. Right. We've just become this world where we have our phones in our hands. And I mean, I'm guilty as charged at times, but to, to check out of the technology and actually look at someone in the eyes and hear what they're saying to me, that's the most, one of the most uplifting things that a person can do. So for me, that is it. (laughs) Well, and isn't it amazing that here we are forced to look each other in the eye? Because, I mean, here we are wearing masks. And (laughs) and so the only way you're going to, you know, connect with anyone at this moment in time is by looking them in the eye. You can't tell they're smiling unless you really look at their eyes and say, oh, that person is smiling back at me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's amazing. People want to be heard. They want to be validated. And, and the other thing is that I've found through the years, just even going to Christmas, holiday, wedding, whatever it is, meeting people where they're at, you know, meaning if someone is a different religion, if someone has a different belief system, whatever, I don't have to go and try to uh, put my agenda onto them. I just listen to them talk. That's the part of listening, hearing. Um, no judgments, no expectations, just finding a place of comfortable knowingness that, it, that creates peacefulness in the space that we, we become connected to. Yeah. And isn't that, you know, I think everyone, like you said, everyone wants to be heard. Mm-hmm. We need to listen more and get over that whole idea of listening because we're waiting to respond well, versus truly listening. And then also, like you said, meeting people where they're at doesn't mean you have to agree with everything that they mm-hmm. do and say. It doesn't mean that you have to adopt what they believe or what they want to achieve or what they think is important. But yeah, just to listen and accept what what their view is, right. what their perspective is. They're coming at it from a different way. Right, and they're coming at it a different way based off from what their programming was from when they were growing up, which which happens, by the way, before six years old and younger. The majority of it happens then. It, so. But then also we, we continue to let ourselves get swayed in those ways you know yeah maybe we learn the habit when we're 16 but isn't it true that we also by then we have a habit and then we take on other people's opinions of ourselves as we get older and we are teenagers and we're grown women and we're going oh the expectation is for me to you know date or the expectation is for me to be a cheerleader or the expectation is for me to get married and have children, mm-hmm. whatever it is. We, we had that habit when we were young. So we just continue to let people put their expectations on us, which may not agree with what we should be doing. Right. 
there's there's a show that my my daughter is one of my youngest is 35 and my her daughter will be 12 the end of this month we've been watching mrs america have you seen that i have not it's very powerful and it's all about the women's liberation and the era and all of that back in the early 70s and all of that so the fascinating part to me is that at the different generations that we are we have three generations here they don't understand the struggles of of what it was like before women were accepted out in the workforce and you know having choices they have now freely that we didn't have back then so it just it's when you said that it reminded me of that you know the fascination of how each generation understands things differently. Yes, absolutely. So with your work and in your personal life, are you, do you practice random acts of kindness? Do you believe that is something that is important to our world? Yes. And something just happened with my, my phone. Would you just repeat that please? Oh, sure. I just said, with in your personal life and and with the work that you do do you practice random acts of kindness yes very much um it's it's pretty easy in the work that i do but, <laughs> i'm sure right there's always someone that needs a little something in fact just uh and and i don't it's i'm just guided so this woman i had a session she was telling you last week and I could just tell she she really was struggling with some things and I could tell she was being honest and you know I don't I don't want to feel like I'm being taken advantage of however you know when you know and I just knew and the session ended and and she said how much do I owe you and I said you don't and she started you know and she started crying oh right that's awesome right so it's not always you know once in a while I used to I used to eat really bad junk food and go to McDonald's all the time. I don't anymore. (laughs) But when I did, sometimes I would look behind me if it was a single person and pay for their meal before, you know, and then when they drove up, their meal would be paid for, you know, different things like that. Sure. Just fun. It's making it fun. So because you are in a position where you're pretty much constantly helping others, what was the last random act of kindness you did for yourself, Rhonda? I, let's see, what did I do? I actually took a step back and took some time for myself, which I rarely do. Time is a huge gift. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it wasn't a lot of time, but I think I'm trying to remember exactly which day. It was just last week, and I it was like this weight came off my shoulders. Like, wait, wait a minute, Rhonda, you can, you can take some time for yourself. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I don't. Most of the time when I do, I feel guilty. Like there's something in me that says, oh, you, you can't be just sitting here on the beach or you can't just be sitting here watching TV or something. So to step back and just say to myself, you know what, I'm taking this time to just lay on the bed. It's okay. So it sounds like maybe you have some puzzle pieces that are telling you that you need to feel guilty for not staying busy all the time. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's so easy to, and that's one of the reasons why I always ask this, what was the last random act of kindness you did for yourself? Because it is so easy for us and it's for it's for everyone, but it's I would say especially women to um, realize that we need to take care of ourselves and do some nice things for ourselves and not be worried about everyone else all the time. Right. And for me right now, it's children, even though they're adult children. I it, there's something about that when they say, "Oh, mom, can you do this? Oh, mom, can you be here? Oh, mom, can you?" There's something in me, it's probably because my own mother wasn't there for me, but there's something in there, my brain that says, oh, you have to jump on that. You have to do that, Ron. 100%. 
I yeah. think I think most moms are like that. And, you know, it's funny, though, I do want to touch on, you just said, um, it's probably because my own mom wasn't there. And I just today, which I believe everything happens for a reason. I just today heard on a podcast, this, this guy that was talking, he said, everything that we're doing, the things that we focus on, they are either something that we lacked as we were growing up from our parents, or it's something that we um, got and we still crave it. So it's, it comes from both of those places. So, you know, you, you go out and say, I'm going to be there for my kids no matter what, because I didn't have enough of that and I'm craving it. Mm -hmm. And where maybe somebody else, they had plenty of attention, but they go at it with the same um, direction that they want to be there for their children because that's how their parents were for them. Correct. So it's, it's very interesting that it could come from a lack or it could come from an abundance, but it's the same directive. We just live in this fascinating mind twisting space. (laughs) We do. (laughs) So I am curious to know as you as you are going through your doing your work and your writing, being a writer of truth and your healing broken hearts and your teaching, what do you feel? What lays heavy on Rhonda's heart that the world needs more of? Self-love. Self-love. Yeah. yeah. When, it, when I wrote, I wrote this little thing. Do you mind if I read it? Not at all. Go ahead. All right. So it's all about self-love. Heal thyself is the best medicine there is. I know it is scary and at times very difficult, but every time we learn how to negotiate and balance our emotional state, every time we heal a little chunk of self, every time we stop and look within instead of reacting without in the world, every time we pay attention to what is really happening or being spoken. Every time we open up to being different, every time we allow our parts, the parts within ourselves, space and time to heal, we then invite the reflection of that healing, love and self-awareness to shine out to the world. And when our inner world is calmer, happier and more aligned, we respond to the circumstances in our life in a more positive, balanced and conscious way and when that happens then others take notice and when others take notice of self-healing first the world itself becomes good kinder more grateful more compassionate and loving it all begins and ends with self wow i love that that is amazing to me i feel feel like we could talk for an hour just breaking that down into pieces you know like like you said that as you get into a, a more calm state, mm-hmm. I mean, that in and of itself, there's so much, we, especially right now, the world's in a state of turmoil. Everybody is, is talking about, you know, how it is uncertain and it is um, scary. And I mean, these words come up every single day, but if we get into a place of calm within ourselves, it's easier to, it's easier when we're calm inside ourselves to tackle the outside things. And that's exactly what that said. You know, it's all of, all of focusing on yourself. If you want to change, if you want to do more, be more, if you want to be the next best version of yourself, the first place you have to look is in the mirror and, and do all the work to yourself. Just like the whole story, your whole story is a testament to that. Mm-hmm. Right. You wanted to do those things for someone else. And another thing that I, I'm just struck by that comes up from this self-love is your whole goal and your whole purpose was to help someone else. You didn't, you didn't go, I want to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist because I think they make a lot of money and they live in really nice houses and they drive cool cars. <laughs> right. You went, I want to do that because I want to help heal my mom. Yeah. 
And then later, I want to do that because I want to help heal this 16 year old that's lost. Mm-hmm. And then, and then now, I mean, so then all these doors flew open for you because your focus was on helping others. Correct. Yeah. We, we live in this big, huge world and, you know, I'm 60 years down that line. It's a lot easier to look, sit here now and look back at that and say, yes, I can, I can see that. I feel it. I understand it. I know it. And so what I would love for the younger generations to get and understand is that those places that it feels the most scary, you know, when you find a person that you can trust to help you walk through those scary places, it becomes less so. And the, the whole part about, um, you know, how we can be in the world and, and change it, like you said, all of this scary stuff that's going on right now, it's so easy to reach out and blame and want to lash out. The bottom line is when there's, there's nothing that I can do, there's nothing you can do about what political people are doing out in the world. I mean, we, we can have our voice, we can join groups, we can rally together and we can do things to make changes in big ways, yes. However, when it's done with that voice coming from the balanced, calmer person, it's greater than the voice of the anger and the one that wants to lash out. So- And the more, oh, go ahead, sorry. Well, I was just going to end it with that, that getting to that scary part within the self, you know, the part that's freaking out all the time, the part that's angry, the part that, you know, is crying or sad or depressed and grief and can't get, you know, shame, too much shame and all of that. Those are the places within the self. That's where you can go. That's what you can do on a daily basis. And yes. And you can reach out to others and help them through it. You know, that's something that is going to help you. If somebody else is scared and you're working hard to calm them down, you're calming yourself down. Right. Exactly. Can you, I, it's so important to me for young people to hear some of these things. And I just, because I want so much for people, especially young people to not wait until they're, 40s, 50s, 60s to go, oh, I get it, you know? Mm-hmm. So one of the things in your, in the piece that you read, could you go back to the part about being different? And can you just reread that? I just think it's so important for us to realize that it's okay to be different. And it's especially okay for, it's especially important for young people to hear that and look at themselves and go, you know, i I'm not like everybody else, but that's okay. It's okay to be not like everyone else. Right. Because they're not like everyone else either. They're, they're just trying to be like everyone else too. <laughs> when you're young, when you're a teenager, everybody's trying to be like everyone else. Oh, those, those, uh, I, you know, when they ask those questions, would you do your twenties over again? Would you do your teens over again? I'm always like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> you know, and we say that, but yet, I believe everything that happened before is what got us where we are now. And if I wasn't going through all of those things, I wouldn't be doing this. And I'm, I'm doing things that I love and I'm in a place, you know, it, every place should be a place that you love. It should be, I'm in this moment right now. I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going to love every bit of it. I'm going to love who I am. And I guarantee I'm probably not going to be that person 10 years from now, mm-hmm. but, but you have to, you have to accept and love where you're at when you're there. Mm-hmm. And then you have to learn from it so you can get to the next spot that you're going to be at and love that too. Yes. Right. All in the loving. And the line, yeah. uh, the line about different was every time we open up to be different. So exactly what you said. Every time we open up to be different. And then do you want to just finish that? Uh, Every time we allow our parts, which are all the the different, some people would call it different personality traits with inside. Uh, Carolyn Mace uh, does the archetypal work and um, 
IFS is internal family systems. They have a whole system where they're talking about the parts. So like say the three-year-old was the one that got abandoned by mother, right? So you're yeah. later on when I was older, actually I still work with her. Uh, there are times when I'm feeling a certain way and I'll look within with my mind's eye when I'm saying I'm looking within, I'm looking within with my mind's eye and I'm seeing that actual three-year-old. And I, sometimes I just, I'm a very visual energetic person. So sometimes I will just see myself picking her up and carrying her around and hugging her and Aww, her yeah, yeah. reparenting. So that's, that's what I mean when I say parts. So every time we allow our parts space and time to heal, we then invite the reflection of that healing, love and self-awareness to shine out to the world. And when our inner world is calmer, happier, and more aligned, we respond to the circumstances in our life in a more positive, balanced, and conscious way. And, and to me, and it goes on there, but to me, I just want to say, the more conscious we can become, the easier and better life becomes. Would you agree, Tammy? Oh, completely. I yeah. definitely agree with that. Yeah. So the scary is the unconscious. It's what is driving that fear. And that's what people are afraid to take a look at their inner stuff that's coming up for them, whatever that trauma was. And that's okay. You don't always have to go back to the trauma. It's a matter of finding the feelings and figuring out how can I reparent that part of myself? And then it unburdens this whole weight and releases and lets it go. Yeah. And even if it wasn't trauma, even if it was just that you're not sure where you're headed or where you are right now, or you're just not you just want to want to improve your life or you want to go to the next level. It's still so important to find that inner world calmness and balance. Correct. Yes. And it's still so important to, to look at the fear. You know, I think it's so important to say that, that, you know, a lot of times we don't want to do something. We don't want to make a change because it is scary to let go because when you're growing and you're improving and you're, becoming the next best version of yourself, it's really a, a scary thing because you're going to have to let go of the person that you are right now. Mm -hmm. even, if, even if it's not real comfortable, at least that's what you know. Correct. And then it's also, it's also making friends with that fear so that you can tackle the next thing <laughs> and also letting go of some of the people because sometimes not everybody grows with you at the right. same time. Right. And that's very difficult. We get attached and we don't want to let go. Yeah. Whether it's to ourselves, the person we are right now, even if we want to change, it's mm -hmm. still important to realize that it's going to be scary, but you can make friends with that fear and turn it into something stronger. Right. And, and I, I'm not sure how you say this, but the, um, the fear, fear, F-E-A-R, False expectations appearing real. Oh, that's that's awesome. Right? Yeah. False expectations. Emotion, emotion is energy in motion. So we're working with those things all the time. All the time. Sure. Right. Yeah, no matter what we're doing. I mean, if you're starting a new job, if you're having a child, if you're getting married, if you're getting divorced, if you're any of these things you you tackle fear and you tackle some emotional work that you have to do mm -hmm. and sometimes it's quick sometimes it's easy it's an instant it's a moment and then other times it's a long drawn out process correct correct awesome yeah so all of these things that we're talking about today i i started this podcast with the intention and it still is and I will and it will always be that we brainstorm for ways to be the change we wish to see in the world because I felt like the world needed more positive things and it needed more gratitude and kindness and empathy and acceptance and bottom line love right and and also to lift others up 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 and so I'm just wondering other than self-love which I know the world does need more of 
what is the change that you wish to see in the world? And, and what are you, I mean, you are obviously tackling things that you need to see as far as teaching people self-love, which is amazing. But what are some of the changes that you want to see in the world? Sure. Uh, first, there, there's two things that I really would like to see changed. One is less talking and more listening. Yes. As we've talked about, when people feel heard and connected, they actually feel better. And when you feel better, you act better. And the world is just a much easier place to navigate. And number two, when I started learning about Reiki and energy and understanding my own energy system, I thought to myself, man, I wish we could teach this in schools to kids, like in first grade. Why can't there be some curriculum somewhere where kids get to learn about their own energetic body and how to work with it, right? Yeah. So, you know, give them the gift of knowing their own self at a young age. That would be pretty marvel. It would be. You know, I just, this goes right along with that. I just heard, I'm a big podcast listener. <laughs> I, I'm a little bit of an addict. Um, and I just heard, and I, Wayne Dyer said it, but he's not the original person. He was quoting someone else. But he said that if we taught children empathy or compassion for one hour each week, we would be able to experience world peace mm, wow that's amazing isn't it? i just got tingles isn't that i know i did too i got chills when i said it and i got chills when he said it i just think it's amazing that it's that easy just to just to teach people let's let's just have some compassion for each other and mm -hmm. if we just started with our children right and, so and i just have a couple more things with that I'd like to talk about. I want to ask you if you have any questions for me. And then also you have a platform and I would just like it if you have anything that you would like to talk about, you have the opportunity to talk about whatever you'd like to um, in this podcast. Okay. Uh, it goes right along with how I'm being the change I wish to see in the world. And yes. it's, it's the whole same thing we've been talking about. I'm interested in the truth. Like we have this phenomenon going on right now. I heard somebody say it the other day, smiling face syndrome. We walk around, all of us walk around and we meet somebody right now. Of course, we have to do social distancing, but we do this thing where we smile and somebody asks, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. And then we walk away, are we really? Because a lot of people are not. They walk away, they smile because that's why they call it a smiling face syndrome. They put the smile on to make you think that they're doing okay, but they walk away and inside they're crumbling and falling apart. And we're also asking with the intention of not really listening. Mm, correct. Yeah, who wants to really know? Do, right. Do you, you, you Hey, how's it going? But do you really want to know? Okay. Give, you know, I gave you your 10 seconds of my time. I'm on to the next thing. Yeah. Right. So I'm interested in that truth to be able to, and, and that's um, speaking about my platform is what I really want to do. Mainly I work with women and healing their sexual trauma and helping them to create a full life with that self-love and the inner joy. Because when you get to that place and, and you find it steps along the way, like you said, sometimes it just, boom, happens. Something shifts and changes and all of a sudden you feel that calm, happy, balanced. And then 20 minutes later, somebody calls you that you haven't heard from and they're triggering everything in you. And, you know, it's that roller coaster. So the platform that I'm sitting on is, really trying to get the word out about the fact that face the scary, it's okay. Speaking the truth to people that can hold space for you. You know, sometimes it's not safe to say the truth to somebody that you want to say it to. 
and you have to discern when those times are you know and, and keep looking until you find that person yes good point good point and when you find that it's like the divine timing the souls meet and the healing happens and it's less scary and every notch of scary that it goes down then more of that joy that inner self-love and joy can come up yeah sort of like that hundredth monkey syndrome have you ever heard of that one i have not no oh it's kind of cool two islands i don't even know where this was something i learned years ago two islands had the same type of monkeys on it i'm not sure why scientists started doing this but they started giving them sweet potatoes to eat so these monkeys are eating sweet potatoes on one island one monkey decided to wash its sweet potato who knows why the monkey decided to wash its sweet potato and but on the other island none of them were wa washing their sweet potatoes they were just eating them for some reason when the hundredth monkey washed its potato because the other one saw another one another one another one when the hundredth monkey on this island started washing its potato all of a sudden the island that's far away that the other monkeys have no idea these other monkeys are washing their potatoes a monkey over on this island starts washing its potato <laughs> right so there's there's this phenomenon how does that even happen so I like to put it back to the individual person. You have this darkness inside. There's also a light. The scary and the fear takes away the majority of that light. So every, like I was saying, every notch that you take down the scary, the lightness can come up within you. And once you get to that place, there's a notch in time. I felt it myself. I've seen it happen over and over again where all of a sudden something clicks within the psyche, the consciousness, the subconscious, all of those different layers, the energy layers and everything, where it opens up and it's more positive thoughts than negative thoughts. And it, it really is a place that I just, my eyes just light up thinking about it because it happens and I want people to know that it can happen for you. You know, if, if you're the person that's laying in bed or on the couch and there's just so much shame and guilt and grief and, and you can sadness and you just barely can move in your day, it's okay. There's, there's a place for you. There's a space for you. There's time for you to be able to heal the majority of that. You know, I don't think we get to a place at the end of our life and we're totally healed. I don't think that ever happens with anyone. I think that we're just in this learning curve. But to get to that place in your own body and feel that more lighter than darker is phenomenal. And, and it's doable for everybody. Yes. So if anyone out there is listening, please reach out remember that you are amazing and you have it within you to let your light shine bright and it can again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm at healing deep, dark secrets.com. Healing deep, dark secrets.com. Yes. Okay. I'm writing that down so I can put it in the show notes. Thank you. And my email is Rhonda at healing deep, dark secrets.com. Okay. And on my website, I have the little prompter where you can have a free 30 minute discovery session to call. Oh, great. Right. And get the feel of how, how, if you get the feeling, if you want to work with me or not. And there's also links to make appointments. So I have a scheduling appointment thingy or whatever you know my technical mind is not working right now i mean my energetic <laughs> i know what you mean i know what you mean yeah. so that's great there you go and i do have on my website i have the can sign up for my newsletter and get seven tips for healing your hurting heart ebook oh i like that yeah some good solid tips on how to just 
be okay with yourself. Give yourself permission to be doing the sad and it's okay. So I just want to take this moment to say if anyone out there is listening to this and you know somebody who's hurting or needs some healing or feels like they have that broken heart or that broke those broken pieces inside them and they need their puzzle pieces put back together, please forward this podcast to them or share it with them or send them the link or send them the link that Rhonda is at healingdeepdarksecrets.com. I just think that it's so important. We, we have a responsibility to help each other out. So if you know somebody or you yourself need it, please reach out today. Rhonda, do you have any questions for me? I don't have any questions. I have praise. I just think it's fantastic that you are putting this out here, Tammy. And to, to light this world up, you, you have just on an energetic level, I'm feeling and sensing and seeing all of these big angels and guides with you. You know, it's no accident that you're doing what you do. So thank you for hearing your call and showing up for it. Oh, well, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth. I would just like to acknowledge you for being that person who listens and meets people where they are and helps people find their inner joy and their self-love and that you chose to follow your purpose so that you could help people face the scary and find the the truth that you're interested in hearing i just think that's amazing thanks so i want to acknowledge you for all you're doing in the world too thank you very much thank you so much for your time i'm so glad we connected and i hope i can have you back absolutely I would love to do this was fun. Yeah, see, I told you it would be fun. You did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Rhonda. You have a great night. All right. You t- so you may not know this about me, but I'm kind of an all-natural girl. I really don't like slathering my body with a bunch of chemicals. That's why I love native. Native body wash, native deodorant, and now they have native toothpaste, which I have not tried yet, but it is on my list. Their products are paraben-free, they are sulfate-free, and they are cruelty-free. It's not a chemistry experiment, people. It's deodorant and body wash. That's why I love Native.